Hello there, listeners, and welcome to the inaugural episode of the Fenway Fever podcast. I'm your host, Will Eckhart. Before we begin, I just want to let you know that the Fenway Fever podcast is brought to you by me, and only me. There are no ads. <laughs> so let's just let's just jump right into it. So first, I want to begin by recapping last night's Red Sox game. The Red Sox beat the Royals 8-3 to in Kansas City last night. Um, <clears throat> it was overall, it was a it was a decent game. You know, the, the offense had a bit of a slow start, but they picked it up a lot in the late innings. I remember in the top of the fourth inning, J.D. Martinez lined out on a ball hit 107 miles an hour. Devers grounded out, ground in air quotes, on a ball hit 110 miles an hour. And then Bogarts also grounded out on a ball hit 110 miles an hour. So towards the beginning of the game, we were... <clears throat> getting pretty unlucky with our um with our heads. We were in them hard. Um the Royals pitched out Sparkman. Um Glenn Sparkman. I'd honestly never heard of him before. He pitched pretty well. Five and a third, one run. But um we finally got to the bullpen and um in the sixth inning we broke through. Um we had a Devers we had a um, J.D. Martinez triple, which hit the top of the wall and somehow came back in. A, I, that play made no sense. Um, they need they should probably fix the fence so that that can't happen. I honestly don't know if I've ever seen that happen before. But I don't even know if that's possible. But um, he hit a RBI triple. He brought in Mookie. Um, <clears throat> and then X hit a sack fly to bring in J.D., and then Brock Holt, who's been on fire the past few games, hit a double to bring in Devers, and that gave us a lead. And then um, in the eighth inning, Eduardo Nunez pinch hit for um, Brock Holt and actually went yard uh, off of Jake Diekman. And so that was kind of a surprise because Nunez has been awful. He's the past two years has probably been our worst overall player offensively and defensively and so then in the ninth inning um Rafael Devers doubled which also looked like it was going to be a home run and then bounced back into play to bring in two more to put us up eight to two um Eduardo Rodriguez threw the ball um he didn't look great he didn't look bad I mean Five and two thirds, six hits, two or no walks. The walk, no walks is really good, and then seven strikeouts. I mean, obviously those numbers would look a lot better against a team like the Yankees, but then as opposed to the Royals, but it's still a it's a step in the right direction. He's been pretty good his last couple starts, and knowing Erod, he's super inconsistent. Last night was his one hundredth career start, and he's probably one of the most inconsistent pitchers on the team. And so, like, we, we know he has the ability to be, uh, you know, maybe like a number three guy, Max, at this point. But he's just, he's never put it all together. He has the physical skills. I don't know if he has the mental ability to be an ace. But um, uh, he looked he looked decent last night after the home run he gave up in the second inning. He really settled in there. His cutter was working, definitely. Then the bullpen basically shut him out. Uh, Hembry, Walden, and Workman all were scoreless. And um, until Brazier came in, 
and he gave up uh, one run. And um, Brazier has been really, really bad lately. He's been struggling. After last year, he was arguably our best reliever. He this year he's really struggled since the like April, I'd say. He's been terrible. So I mean, I don't know who we're gonna be putting in high leverage situations other than Barnes and maybe Workman. I mean, Walden has been pretty trustworthy so far. Um, I still don't know about Heath Embry. He's been decent this year, but um, I just don't know if we can trust him to be like a seventh inning guy or whatever. But um, he's usually come in when people are on base, and that's what he did yesterday. And he got out of it. So I don't, I don't know about the bullpen. If we could sign Craig Kimbrell, that would be a massive boost. But um, I honestly don't know if that's going to... I wouldn't count on it. So, I mean, I don't know if Dombrowski's going to even try to trade for a reliever. They've Cora has been said he's been confident in what we have, but I'm not at all if we want to even have a chance at overtaking the Yankees or making a deep postseason run. We're going to have to add something at the very least because <clears throat> we don't really have a relief ace at the moment but I'm going back to Eduardo Rodriguez I I don't know if anyone else has noticed but he's since his rookie year his velocity has declined a ton and he's only 26 I remember his his rookie year he was hitting 96 97 on the gun and like watching this year last night he's maxing out at 93 94 maybe and I mean, I know he's had like knee injuries and stuff, but I didn't. I don't know if that's gonna decrease your velocity by like four full miles an hour. And he he doesn't seem to be bothered by it anymore. I don't think he's really. It's like a nagging injury he's had. I mean, I would. I don't know, but um, I wouldn't think it would affect his velocity that much, you know. So I I don't know what what the problem is there because not that he needs to be thrown that fast like guys like Kyle Hendricks are getting it done at 88 but it was just it was nice nice to have in case you miss your fastball location you know 97 is going to be blown by more people than 93 so I it's just something to think about there I'm not sure if he's just taking stuff off to try and be more be more accurate I don't, I don't know there but um he looked he looked decent last night he's still Overall has pretty poor numbers, three four eighty eight ERA, but the Red Sox for some reason like to find ways to win when Erod's on the mound. Um, they, they were asking Cora after the game about it last night. And he was like, "I they don't try harder. It's not there's no really answer to that. He's just for some reason when Eduardo pitches, the Red Sox find a way to win, and um, he's six and three on the year." Um, so I think he has. I think he's our winningest, winningest starting pitcher this year, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he's got six, and Porcello has four. So that's it's a little strange considering he probably has the weakest numbers out of all those. But I guess they just like to give him runs and win the ball game when he's pitching, as opposed to you know, Chris Sale, who's got what one win, which is pretty sad considering the streak. He got on earlier in the year. He's he's been since that hot streak. He's been he's been decent. He hasn't been bad. But um, 
not like Chris Sale, Chris Sale, you know. So it would be nice to have him pitch like, you know, the perennial Cy Young candidate that he usually is. But, um, yeah, that, that was the game last night. They won. So I really would like to sweep the Royals. With Chris Sale on the mound, we have to win tonight. We have to. We have to at least, at the very least, take two out of three because losing this series would be almost a death sentence. Like if we can't, if we can't beat the Royals, that's pretty bad. But um, the Yankees lost last night. Um, they lost to the Blue Jays, so we picked up a game on them. We're now only seven and a half out. Only in quotes, but um. We're five behind the Rays and then seven and a half behind the Yankees. So, I mean, it's definitely within reach with this team knowing it's almost the exact same roster, knowing what they did last year. They can they can just turn it on at any moment. We know that could happen. But so far, it hasn't looked nearly the same level that they looked last year, you know. They were a runaway train last year. They couldn't, nobody could stop them. And so, and the bad thing with the Yankees is they're going to be getting back their best players and Judge and Stanton soon. So, they just got back Paxton. So, considering what the level of success that they had with guys like Gio Urshela and DJ LeMahieu bringing in big offensive contributions, I can only imagine what happens if Judge looks like what he did last year and the year before or if Stanton returns to his MVP form, that's that'll be very bad news for the Red Sox. So, um, yeah, that's that's the outlook of the division. The Rays have lost four in a row. So I could see us with this Kansas City series. Then we play the Rays next. If we sweep the, the Royals and then take, like, two out of three of the Rays, we should be... Um, getting close to passing them pretty soon if we can um get in a hot streak again so yeah um one thing i wanted to talk about that i i literally don't think anyone else has talked about is how xander bogarts is a legitimate mvp candidate right now so if you look at the numbers um as of as of yesterday i haven't seen the numbers today as of last night Bogarts was sixth in the league in war according to fan graphs and I like fan graphs better than baseball reference personally I feel like it's more accurate but um Bogarts was sixth in the MLB in war for position players and uh first among shortstops so I mean that's proving right there he's one of the top players in the league whether you like it or not um and if you also just look at his stats, he's hitting 304 this year. Um, he's got 12 dongs, uh, 40 ribbies, only one stolen base, which the past couple of years he had been increasing his stolen base numbers. This year he's only got one. So, I mean, that's um, – I we don't really look look to him as a stolen base guy, but he – past couple of years he had gotten double digits. Last year he went down to eight. But – um. You know, it would be nice to have him add a couple here and there, but we don't need it, you know. Um, looking at Fangraphs today, he's now tied for 7th with in war 
First is Bellinger, second is Trout, third is Yelich, four Gallo, five Arenado, six Rendon, seven is Baez, Bregman, Bogarts, and Springer. So that's pretty good company to be in right there. Um, so he's the number one shortstop in war. So I think there's no question that he should be on your all-star ballot for the American League shortstop. That's that's as of right now. That's a no-brainer. I mean, Jorge Polanco's put together a pretty good season, but I don't see this level of... He's got a 157 weighted run created plus. So I don't see that level of success sustain, being sustained. Um, I mean, you never know, but I, I just can't see it. We know Bogarts is an elite offensive talent when he puts it all together. Defense, and also defensively this year, he hasn't been good by any means but he he would be on pace to set a career high in defensive run save so i mean he's definitely looked improved even just by the eyeball test he's looked improved to compare to the past few years where he'd been below average as a shortstop so i definitely think i wouldn't put him like top like the number one mvp candidate at the moment that would probably be I guess you could say Mike Trout. I mean, when can't you say that? But um, right now, I'd probably say Mike Trout for the number one in the American League. You could Joey Gallo's up there, although he just hurt his oblique. Um, and then Bogarts, Springer, even though he's hurt. Bo- Bogarts has got to be maybe top four, top three. Maybe top three. I know I just said I wouldn't put him up there, but actually looking further into the stats he you could make a good case that he'd be number three right now so he is a legitimate mvp candidate he is as of right now the should be the all-star starter shortstop for the american league that's as of right now that's out of the question it it shouldn't there should be no one else you're even considering right now carlos correa maybe if he had stayed healthy but he somehow broke a rib during a massage i don't know if that's real or if that was some lame excuse but either way he's fallen out of the picture so i mean regardless of what i mean i'm going to be honest here bogart's is my favorite player he has been since 2013 when he came up but um even just objectively looking at the numbers he's the best shortstop in the american league right now and you can make a case that in 2019 he's the best overall shortstop he's because he has the highest war in the league american league and national league so that's i just wanted to bring that up i haven't heard anyone really talking about bogarts a lot i've heard we've heard a lot of talk about devers who's been off the charts you know we we expected him when he came up and smacked the ball we expected him to be a top third baseman in the league last year he didn't really look like he had a sophomore slump this year he's really been on fire but bogarts has been even better and i've heard nothing absolutely nothing about bogarts so i just wanted to give him some love right there he's been one of our best probably our best offensive player this year he signed that six-year extension i believe so he's going to be here for a while and you know he's he's so underrated he's you ne- rarely hear him talked about on the national scale so i just wanted to give him some love right there let everyone know that you can put him on your ballots your all-star ballots and you can lock him in as an MVP candidate as of right now. So another player I want to talk about is Andrew Benintendi. He really, so he was our top pick in 2015. He was seventh overall. 
his first year in the league, he was his rookie season. He got called up in July, August, if I remember correctly, and he played amazing. He was great on offense, great on defense. His first full season in the league, 2017, wasn't great. It was like above average, maybe. Um, last year, he put together a solid campaign. He had 290, 830 OPS, you know, 21 stolen bases. But he only had 16 dingers. So, I mean, this year he's been... I don't know if he just doesn't feel comfortable out of the leadoff spot. Uh, that Alex Cora was really adamant going into the season that he was going to be our leadoff guy and that we weren't going to have anything to do with Mookie leading off anymore. But um, the past week or so, he's been tinkering around with it because it hasn't really worked. Benintendi hasn't been a good leadoff guy he just, I don't know if he just doesn't feel comfortable there, but he's in 259, six dongs, seven stolen bases, and the 768 OPS. So those aren't bad numbers, but that's not who you want as your leadoff guy. So I I feel like if they slide him down and lower in the lineup, maybe he'll bounce back a little bit because he, I feel like he's been over slightly overrated throughout his career because, you know, he was the, he was our number one pick. He was the number one prospect in the entire MLB for quite some time um so I mean he was really really hyped coming into the league so I can understand why he's had huge expectations since day one but um, I don't really think he's lived up to them yet but he's he's still super young he's 24 he's like not even into his prime yet so I wouldn't be worried exactly about him he's still a gold glove caliber defender um he's still He's still getting it done at the plate, not like you would expect, but an above, like, average, I'd say, offensive player. So, I mean, that's that's my take on Benintendi this year. I, I'd love to see more out of him, you know, more offensive production. So, I hope moving him around in the lineup will, will help with that. I wanted to um, go further on the all-star ballot. I talked about Xander Bogarts, but I also want to talk about some other players on the Red Sox that you could objectively consider putting on your on your all-star ballot. Obviously, if you want to, you can just go with the classic all-Red Sox ballot. But if you're a guy who wants to do it completely objectively, then or somewhat objectively is what I try to do is I'll usually I'll try to do it somewhat objectively but if there's two players who are kind of close even if one guy is slightly above him if one of the players is a Red Sox player that I'm thinking about I'm usually going to go with the Red Sox guy to show him some love but I try to do it somewhat objectively <laughs> so um Bogarts should be your American League shortstop that's like I said that's that's not a not a question at the moment one guy I want to talk about for the American League catcher is Christian Vasquez. Looking at the fan graphs um, stats, uh, Christian, this he's technically not qualified, but I mean, I think he's close. So I would, there, there's only like two catchers in the American League who are qualified anyway. So if you're, if you want to go for, um, I don't think Gary Sanchez is either. I mean, He's played 41 games. Vasquez has played 48, so I don't know. But um, anyway, I've been saying this the past couple weeks. I've been talking about it. 
uh, as of last week, Christian Vasquez was ahead of Gary Sanchez in Fangraph's war. Right now, he's 0.1 behind him. So if you wanted to, so so right now, Sanchez at 1.5, Mitch Garver of the Twins at 1.5, James McCann of the White Sox at 1.5, and then Vasquez at 1.4. So if you wanted to objectively choose Gary Sanchez, I I definitely say you could go with Christian Vasquez as an objective choice over him because they're that close that if you just want to give the edge to the Red Sox guy, that's not egregious, in my opinion, to be being objective. So I think you could slide Vasquez in there as an objective um, pick, slightly subjective pick, we'll say. Um, like I said, Bogarts definitely should be in consideration. I, like, maybe a week or two ago, I would have said you could pick Chavis, but he's really, he's still been solid for us, but he's kind of, he's kind of tapered off. He's kind of plateaued a little bit since his scorching hot start. So I, right now, I wouldn't put Chavis, there's, there's a chance he heats up. Another guy I would say you could go with for um, third base would be Rafael Devers. Um, right now, on with War, you have Bregman, Chapman, Dozier, and Devers. So um, I, if you want to, I could see you picking Devers as an objective choice. He's been one of the best third basemen in the league. He's been he was the Player of the Month in May for Pete's sake. So he's definitely a solid choice there for third baseman. Um, and then I, I I would have said Mookie Betts for outfield, but right now on Fangraphs, he's ninth in outfielding war. So if you want to go completely objective, I would not put him in right now. But seeing as it's Mookie Betts, there's definitely still time for him to heat up and become an all-star worthy player. The thing is, he's a, he's a Red Sox player on one of the biggest markets in the league he's on he's one of the biggest names in the league he's right up there with Mike Trout for that people know it's like Mike Trout Mookie Betts Nolan Arenado right there is the best players in the league people are people have been talking about the past couple years so I I would I if you're like I said if you were going completely objective I wouldn't put him in right now but he's definitely in that consideration area um, and then for DH, definitely J.D. Martinez. He was out for a little bit, so he doesn't quite have as big stats as you would hope. But um, he's definitely been putting together a solid season. Um, he's right there with the top DHs, so I would consider that. He had a solid night last night. I believe he had three hits, one of them being a triple. So that those would be my Red Sox all-star consideration players. Now, obviously, the fans don't get to vote on pitching, but if there were any pitchers that you could vote for, I I definitely no start. Maybe maybe David Price, but he missed some time, so probably he probably doesn't have the numbers that he should yet. So I would the only one I would really consider would be Matt Barnes, honestly, and that that's pretty sad considering how awesome our pitchers were last year, but. As of right now, I'd probably say only Matt Barnes should be receiving any consideration as a pitcher. But um, the, that's my all-star talk. Um, that's that's really mostly what I wanted to talk about today. Um, 
So I just want to thank you guys for tuning in. Thanks for listening to this first episode. It was a whole lot of fun. Um, I'm going to try to get out episode number two to you as soon as possible. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to tune in. Um, It's going to be on SoundCloud. I'm going to try to get it on iTunes ASAP, Spotify, and um, uh, follow me on Twitter. I'm going to be making a Twitter account for this podcast pretty soon. Um, I'll let you guys know in the next episode what the handle is. And uh, thanks for listening. This has been Will signing off.